Welcome to Late Night Riders. I'm Gretchen, and I'm joined by my grandma, Debbie, mm-hmm. and Nicole. Welcome Hi, back, Nicole. Nicole. Thanks yep. for having me. Um, if you want to listen to Nicole's first episode, it is episode 38, and um, a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about today will be different from that episode, but mm-hmm. some might overlap, so if you mm-hmm. want more in-depth answers, go check out episode mm-hmm. 38. We love it when Nicole comes. It's fun to talk to her. <laughs> I love being really here. Sweet. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, Nicole, can you briefly describe what you do, and then we can go into some of mm-hmm. our more financial questions. Sure. Um, I specialize in selling equestrian properties. Um, we're based out of uh, the Ann Arbor area in Michigan. Our office is in Dexter. Um, done this for quite a while. I've been in real estate since 2006, and gradually just started um transitioning over to the equestrian properties and since 2016 um, have primarily focused on that and have sold more properties um, more equestrian properties than any other agent in the state so (laughs) well we love having you um Mm -hmm. so what are some questions that you should ask your realtor um before you go to buy or sell your home well, um, I think there's two parts to that. As a buyer, um, your first step should probably be to talk to a lender. Um, they're going to find out where your pre-approval point's going to put you as far as pricing goes. Um, and then, you know, depending on how specialized of a property mm-hmm. you want, you may have to, to be geared towards more of an agricultural lender rather than a residential um, lender. Some of the smaller hobby farms, it's not a problem to do mm-hmm. standard conventional loans on, but the bigger facilities, um, you definitely want to make sure you have the proper yeah. lender and that mm-hmm. you're not wasting um, your time or anybody else's with a loan that's not going to close. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the first step. Um, and then from there, you can talk to your agent about what other things are important to you as far as location and amenities. Um, incorporating that into your price point and getting a proper search set up. Um, and then from the buy or from the selling standpoint of it, I mean, I think the biggest thing is to have that agent come out, um, have a meeting with you, set up that initial consultation so that if there's things that maybe need to be spruced up or attended to at your farm, mm-hmm. um, you can get those things done or at least get a list started. Um, so those are those are really the first couple couple things you need to think about and take care of what do you feel are like common questions you should ask as like someone buying a horse farm um you want to get the right agent working with you so what are some questions that they should ask to make sure that they're getting someone that does know the equestrian world yeah well I mean a lot's going to depend on how specialized of a farm you're looking um if you're looking for more of just a basic hobby farm then I think you know it's less critical it is pretty important that an agent understands equestrian properties but, um, you know, I think that an agent's background is important, how long they've been doing it. Um, if they have horses, if they have experience with farms, then that is a huge, huge bonus and benefit to a buyer um, and a seller. But, um, you know, there's a lot of factors to consider when buying farms. There's a lot of things people don't think about. Um, and, you know, I know we'll touch on some of that that later, but mm-hmm. there's there's... It can be a complicated process, and you just want to make sure that you're in the right hands and that you do get through um, the whole process from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's, there, there is a different aspect of it from the buying side or the selling side, but as a seller, you know, you're going to start with that initial consultation, getting to know your agent, um, understanding how they, how they do things. Um, that agent's going to talk to you about your goals, um, what you're looking for as far as um, the transaction goes, 
initially that meeting's probably going to be a lot about okay what do we need need to do to get this farm ready that's what i wondered um, yeah because that's a lot that's a big thing because if you don't have that and and your realtor can tell you those things and with a horse farm there has to be a lot that you have to tell somebody sometimes i'm sure sometimes you know? there really is there's a lot it can be it can be a pretty big list mm -hmm. um but that initial meeting with them you know that's that's the time to kind of go over those things yes. and start prepping for that and then as agents, you know, we'll take what we've seen, we'll go back, we'll put together kind of an analysis, look at the numbers on our end, set up another time to talk or meet with that seller to go over numbers. Um, if everything falls in line, then um, you're obviously, you know, you're gonna put together listing docs, get that contract signed with somebody, and then prepare for the photos and the marketing. Um, that's one of the really important aspects of getting these farms out to the right audience. Okay. It's something that we really pride ourselves on and, and specialize in. Um, Prepping for photos. You know, you're going to give your seller all the instructions on how to get ready for photos. It's really important to have video aspects um, to it as far as, you know, having a drone out there to do flyovers, take photos, um, maybe do a walkthrough of the house and mm -hmm. barns. Mm -hmm. uh, some of these properties, we found it's been really important to have a lifestyle video where people mm -hmm. are riding in the videos, um, mm -hmm. you know, bringing the property to life. Sure. It's really, it's really mm -hmm. fun and it really mm -hmm. does. Yeah it does help people mm -hmm. who are interested kind of see it in motion mm -hmm. um, rather than just mm -hmm. seeing, um, you know, what looks to be an empty arena. You can see somebody right. in there jumping or right. Right. Um, just riding. Um, I so feel like we're in such a visual world <clears throat> like that we have to see. see. I videos. would never yeah. go to a property mm -hmm. where there weren't photos like of each room or like be able to see what was going on. Yeah, I think it really helps. Um, you know, even if somebody is interested when you can actually see it, in motion, um, I think you're right. I mean, people are very visual. Um, so after after you get that set up, you're gonna get all your marketing um, in place. And when the marketing's ready to go, you're gonna hit the MLS, you're gonna do all that custom marketing um, that, that you've talked to your client okay. about and do the rollout. Once you have that, then you're gonna be ready for showings. So, okay. um, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference between showings and being ready for photos. Um, maybe you just want to tell a seller, hey, turn on all the lights, make sure, you know, people don't have to search around trying right, to, right. to fumble for light switches, um, turn everything on, um, make sure the temperature's comfortable. Um, if someone has like a vacant house, you know, it's not, it's not fun to walk mm -hmm. into a 45 mm -hmm. degree vacant house. Mm -hmm. So right. just setting up those showings as comfortable um, and easy for, for a buyer's agent and a buyer as possible. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's important, you know, we kind of touched on it. Not all buyer's agents are familiar with horse mm -hmm. properties. So it's kind of our jobs as listing agents to make sure that the information is presented in a way that everybody can understand whether they're a horse person or not. Um, we have those custom websites that are set up so that buyers can see all the equestrian amenities. Um, so we think that's really important. And then from there, after the showings, you're gonna get offers, there's negotiations. And then once you're in a contract, it's just a matter of following, contingen following contingencies um, and timelines okay. in the contract to get mm -hmm. to a successful closing and then um, occupancy, depending yeah. on if a seller needs to stay or not. Um, and and then utility transfers. So, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. there's a little more to it, but that's that's a quick summary of the process. Yeah. So. Can I ask you one question when, um, for example, and I don't wanna to get too in depth with it, but say your um, person that you're going to that's putting listing the house or wants to list the house, they have a set price in mind or a price in mind, and then 
how do you, I know you go when you look at other other farms or comparatives, I know you do that as mm -hmm. well too, but is there anything that a person can kind of go by knowing so that they don't say, oh, I didn't think it was gonna be that price, or oh, this is a lot more than I thought, for the person who's selling the home, or is that kind of, they, they have a general idea? I know it's kind Not of a tough question. Not really, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, there are some, um, there are some sites like Zillow that mm -hmm. are much more accurate for residential type properties. Mm -hmm. um, they're not. They're not always. Um, they're not always accurate, and they're surely not very accurate when it comes to the farms. Mm -hmm. um, they're just not set up to yes. get those. They're just yeah. not. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're just not set mm -hmm. up for the farms. Right. So really, I mean, it is about talking to an agent who's experienced with the farms or hiring an appraiser. You could always there hire an appraiser okay. who mm -hmm. is familiar with mm -hmm. farms and agricultural mm -hmm. type properties. You okay. certainly don't want the appraiser who's used to doing, you know, subdivision homes that the values are all going to stay pretty consistent. It's not mm -hmm. going to be hard finding comps. I mean, I have seen agricultural appraisers go two hours for a good comp and, you know, residential, they're going to stay within a very small radius. Um, you know, not even crossing over major streets. Where with the farms, right. you, you definitely have to be um, more lenient and mm -hmm. search a wider range to find the amenities. Right. Um, um, when purchasing a home, are there or a farm, are there any like red flags that you should watch out for as you're going through the property or? Um, yeah, because everybody's excited yeah. when they go to a farm. I know even, you know, like myself, we've gone to different farms and you just get in the moment and you're excited. So is there something that you watch, things to watch out for that might be a red flag? Well, I can say that, honestly, there's there's going to be things that come up for different individuals that are going to be deal breakers for them. Mm -hmm. um, but I think overall, can I say that there's an absolute to that answer? Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. because there's going to be certain people that... Um, I mean, I think I've had an experience with people before where they've had family members that are allergic to mold and they absolutely will not buy a house that's ever had any history of mold, even if it's been professionally reme remediated mm -hmm. um, with a guarantee or something like that. You know, another person might be just fine with that same house, mm -hmm. um, you know, knowing that it's been taken care of. Same thing with foundations yeah. or something like that. I mean, right. you know, most things can be fixed. Is it a $10,000 fix or a $100,000 fix? Right. I mean, right. you don't really know until you get it evaluated. But I mean, we've had structural engineers out to look at properties to see if something can be done. So I don't know if there's an absolute to a red flag that's mm -hmm. gonna kill every deal, but mm -hmm. it may influence the price of a property or a buyer's willingness right. um, to try and renegotiate something. Mm -hmm. um, are there certain people that you should bring out to inspect farms um, we did talk about the appraiser, but is mm -hmm. there like specific inspectors that come out that look at the farm itself or is that just a general only like, well, yeah. So the inspection field is, it's kind of interesting because in Michigan, there's no state licensing for an inspector. There's certifications available, um, that you can take classes and you can, you can hold these certifications, but Michigan doesn't require an inspector to be certified through the state like they would a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so really I think it's important on inspector's background and who mm -hmm. you're going to hire. We personally don't recommend our buyers to invest money into an inspection until you know you have a property in contract. You don't really want to, you know, spend the money on something that you don't know if you can negotiate, um, you know, the price and terms on yet. So in a contract, there's a contingency for an inspection, um, and that's your time to have your people out. You could have one person come out, inspect the house and um, the barn. A lot of our buyers, you know, they use inspectors that have some sort of building background, whether it's a building license, 
um, or or some sort of contractor background. But our people usually use um, very educated people that we're we're comfortable with because it is not a licensed group. Um, but you can you can have. Um, a structural engineer come out if someone sees something that maybe oh, they're a little okay. bit concerned mm-hmm. with the foundation. You can have a company that specializes in mold remediation come out if you see something that you know mm-hmm. just doesn't quite look funny and or doesn't quite look right, mm-hmm. looks a little funny, and mm-hmm. you're like, hey, we want to have this other company come out. Have them come out. Have them give their thoughts. Um, we've even had clients that have had um, companies that specialize in arena footing mm-hmm. come out, and they want to wow, have sure. they want to have the footing yeah, looked at, sure. like okay. Here's the type of riding we of do. Course. Like, is this going to work yeah. for us? What do we need to do to make it work for us? How much is that going to cost us? Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, that's your your inspection timeline is for you to have those specialists come out, whether it's one general person or you start breaking it up and really getting an electrician out to dig into it. I mean, I think that's one of the things you really want to focus on on a barn is to make sure that the electrical is safe, to make sure that the foundation is good. Mm-hmm. Um you know, those are those are big, mm-hmm. big items that could be costly. And I would imagine, Nicole, probably like with your people, whether they're buying or selling, whichever way you're representing, the relationship that you have with them or that time that you spend with them in that initial contact or whatever to ask the questions, like what are they looking for? Is this something that's important or not? And I know you can, sometimes a person will say, I don't want this, and then they go see it, and they're like, oh, I love it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so you never know. But the oh, better well. that you can, I'm sure, kind of know that person a little bit probably helps you, I suppose. Yeah, you, know? you can gently yeah. suggest things, because yes. there are some sure. there are some people that are pretty adamant like, about I some things, and, yes. and ultimately, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they do find something that maybe didn't necessarily right. fall perfectly in line with the, right. what they were thinking. So right. that is very true. Yeah. Um, and and it is a fine line, you know. You yes. don't want to offend someone when they tell you their yes. their 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 strict yes. guidelines, and then you yes. kind of deviate for it, from it a little right. bit. But sometimes you just know you're like, oh, I really wish they'd just kind of yeah. look at this one, and you yeah. can just send it to them in an email and say, yes. hey, what do you think? What do you think of this? Mm-hmm. You know. And again, that equine background helps. So if somebody is looking at say a, a company or, or you know, what's the best way for them to even think about or find that equestrian realtor that can help them? Is there a way? Can they call a company and ask? Or what's the best way to find Well, the some? internet's really powerful. I mean, I think I think the main thing, um, obviously, if you're in, in if you're in Michigan and within a two hour radius of the <laughs> Ann Arbor area, I mean, I am I am your person. There you go, um, call Nicole. But That's I mean, it. I think the internet's a really powerful powerful tool. We do have some agents um, that we recommend all over the country, depending on where our agents, um, I mean, where our buyers oh, are nice. coming in from. You know, because we mm-hmm. do we we. We get a lot of inquiries from people all over the country, wow. and we are not licensed anywhere but Michigan. Um, okay. So, so you know, we do have to build those right. those but relationships. You can make even you can make some suggestions to people. Yeah, we can other, make some suggestions areas, to great. people. But obviously, okay. you know, the internet—that's what I was getting at. The internet yeah. is powerful. Do some Google searches. Do some interviews. Talk to some people. Find out their background. You're gonna know if you're a horse person and you're trying to find an agent who's a horse person. You're gonna know in you know, one conversation mm-hmm. if they really have a background right. um, mm-hmm. with horse properties or mm-hmm. not. So, so with specific horse properties, is there like an ebb and flow in the market? Is there like a time of the year where people are like actively looking to purchase and then a time where it slows down? Well, really with horse properties, I mean, we find that they sell year round. There are some horse people who are adamant they are not going to look for properties during their busy season. You know, they're breeding mares, foaling mm-hmm. out mares, or they're getting ready to start showing. And you know how long the, the show sure. season is. So there are some people who 
our busiest time of the year is fall, winter, because that's when they have the time um, to look at the properties. We we really have probably been the busiest we've been um, mm. in a long time, mm. like right now. So I think that the market's doing really well for the horse properties. It's been very busy. Um, you know, and, and going back to them selling all year round, there are the people who who aren't as heavily invested in in the um, breeding and showing and, right. and all of that, and, and they are looking year-round. So mm-hmm. I really don't think it's as cyclical as mm-hmm. residential, and it doesn't have those big, big mm-hmm. waves. So we, we tend to, to stay busy year-round. So awesome. Yeah, I mean, I even have, I mean, I just took photos yesterday at a place. It's covered in snow. It's beautiful. And um, we've started our initial round of marketing mm-hmm. to get it out to the public. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Is there something that um, people that have horse farms, even like generally speaking, that they can do to get, start to get their farm ready? I know when the realtor comes in, they can make other suggestions, but what would you say would keep things kind of on a, you're kind of there, you might only have to do a few other things and you're on your way. What are general things that you know people like to see in that farm or barn or whatever? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um this time of year is a little bit more difficult because you're going to be limited to more interior tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, in the barn, a good bar- barn cleaning can pretty much happen any time of year. You know, you can knock down cobwebs, mm-hmm. um, work on if if any of the stalls need to be restained or anything like that. Just making it pretty organizing. Organizing is really big. I mean, we all know how crazy a tack room can get. And, yes. and so, mm-hmm. you know, those yes. type of things this time of year are great to start to get get a jump start on, organize your feed room, organize your tack room. Um, just kind of look at things and say, hey, if I was a buyer coming in, mm-hmm. what am I going to notice? Um, mm-hmm. And what am I going to want taken care of? And, mm-hmm. you know, I know I, I kind of harp on the cobweb thing, mm-hmm. but it's a big thing with buyers walking in. It looks cleaner, um, looks nicer. It does, it looks cleaner. It spruces it up quickly. That's a quick quick yep. thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then just, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got mirrors in the arena, just start thinking about those. They do get dusty quickly, but there's yes. just things you can do. I mean, even, Clean up not that you mm-hmm. want to wash down arena walls in, in February, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, when it does warm up a little bit, it's not a bad idea to mm-hmm. to either broom things down or get a power wash and start spraying mm-hmm. things down. Certainly don't want to cause any uh, freezing or anything in mm-hmm. the barn. Sure. Um, and then same thing with the house. You know, you may need to paint. Um, you may need... Um, to do some caulking. There's just some general maintenance and and tidying. Do you feel that buyers today are looking for, um, like I see, you know, with the the newer um, decor and things like that, you know, maybe you'll see all the beiges or the grays and um, perhaps maybe countertops being a certain type of countertop and things. Do you feel your buyer is a little, you know, looking for something more that way too in a house that people need to kind of, uh, update or do you feel that those houses still sell pretty well? Um, I mean, I think it depends on what else is there as far as equestrian amenities. I think if someone is looking for more of an income producing farm, mm-hmm. I think the house is a little less important mm-hmm. to yes, them. Yes, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna look at those properties mm-hmm. more as like how much money is it gonna make right. me. Um, they're not, they might not even live at those farms. That's so they're not going to be as concerned with, with the updates. From the business side, you know, gonna, what is this going to do for me? Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hobby mm-hmm. farms, I would say, yes, you're starting to get into that area where they really do want them mm-hmm. updated, um, new countertops, new bathrooms. Um, and then obviously the luxury homes. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to want, mm-hmm. you're going to want, if you're going to hit that, a, 
luxury equestrian yeah, market. Yeah, yeah, you're going to have a gorgeous barn. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a pretty updated house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think, you know, some of some of the older charm in the in the other houses, you can get away with having um, having some some older look to it. It's got that 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 charm and history to it. But you know, if you've got something that was built, you know, in the eighties or nineties, and it's still got everything original, you're gonna want to bring it up right. and, and update it. Anything in particular that um, people are thinking about? Maybe they will be selling their farm that they could put into their barn that people say, "Ooh, I like that." Like that's one thing that people will say, "I do like that." Is there anything that you know a person could do to say, "Maybe I can put this in." I don't know if it would be like a grooming stall or what. I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, off the top of my head, I'd have to say lighting mm-hmm. is really okay. important okay. if your lighting needs to be improved. I mean, as you guys know, fencing yes. is so so that important. Is, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the mm-hmm. farm we were at yesterday, the the person in the barn she was at the hardware store because the horses had damaged the fence and she's like i'm not there like i'll be there in 15 minutes i'm at the hardware store of course the horses you know had an issue with the fence this morning so that's really important um to -hmm. people um Mm -hmm. maintaining that just making sure that that it that it looks good and that it's Mm -hmm. safe um you know i think a good side, you know, if you're if you're looking at indoor arenas, people love observation rooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's mm-hmm. very rare that you see an indoor arena without an observation room, especially mm-hmm. if it's going to be a facility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have we have a client who right now they're actually building an observation room on the barn that we sold them a few years ago because it didn't okay. have it, and it, I mean, it took them a few years to do it. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think that that's important it, for people. It added, it's adding to the property and someone that would come in. Be more interested perhaps yeah, yeah absolutely sure. okay. um but i just think the sizing in the space making sure that you have room if you have an if you have a certain number of stalls making sure you have a, a certain number of saddle racks for those people um that are boarding there yeah okay. accommodating mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. um but overall i mean i think it, it's more of just a presentation okay mm-hmm. yeah outside when the weather starts to get nicer landscaping wise do all of the fields need to be mowed or can you let some of them grow if you have some hay fields in the back what what do you normally suggest oh definitely if it's a hay field don't interfere with your crops leave (laughs) it leave it those will get cut obviously um you know during the different cuttings um but if it's a pasture and it's just starting to get overgrown with weeds absolutely we we do Mm -hmm. recommend people to come through with a brush hog um kind of tying into that if there's weeds around the outbuildings you know it seems like oh, yeah, in, sure. it seems like yeah. in our area the only thing that really grows right. are the ones we don't want to right. grow right. you know the right. scraggly yeah. weeds yeah so making sure that those yeah. are those are taken care of and we whip mm-hmm. down um and and just giving that good pre- I cannot say enough about the presentation and, the, and those first impressions um sure. in the photos and when people come up sure so um what should a buyer consider outside of like the actual property itself that they're looking at um should they look at neighbors and like um opportunities close by or what what are things that people should consider yeah definitely um there are a lot of factors to consider i think the things that we have found most people consider is their commute to work Um, And if they have children, the school district. So Mm -hmm. outside of looking at the property itself and what your needs are there, it's going to be more of a location-based, like is the commute good? Are the school districts what we want for our kids? And then depending on what type of the riding they do, like if it's a trail rider, they're going to want to know how far they are from from some of their favorite trails or maybe even some new trails Mm -hmm. that they could possibly go Mm -hmm. hit. 
Um, if they're an eventer or a jumper, you know, maybe they've got a few um, few venues that they want to be close to that they know they have shows at, mm-hmm. things like that. We yeah. are right by the, um, the Oak, Oak Openings Metro mm-hmm. Park, and I know a mm-hmm. lot of horse farms are yeah. right along that, um, right. so people can go right onto the trail. Yeah, mm-hmm. we just closed mm-hmm. on one, um, gosh, about two weeks ago, and it's a mile from Waterloo. Oh, um, in Grass Lake. I love Waterloo. And yeah, Waterloo is great. It's my so places to go. Yeah. Yep. So, is there anything else that you would think that somebody should consider? You know, when they're looking at purchasing and going out to look at the farms. Definitely. Um, you know, in our area, the amount of horses you can have on a particular property is determined by the municipality. Okay. Um, for example, you know, you might have one township that allows five acres for the first horse and then you might have to have one acre for each horse after it something like that that's just an example Mm -hmm. um so really you want to do your due diligence on that because it does vary from location to location Mm -hmm. um you know you don't want to get in a situation where you might be right next door to a neighbor who doesn't have horses and then you find out you've got Mm -hmm. you know three three or four more horses than you're really supposed to have and that neighbor's upset because they don't like you yes. know, the flies or, right. or something, right. you know, it seems like, um, you know, there are some, some neighbors who will try to cause problems for horse owners, but uh-huh. as long as you follow those guidelines, you right. know, and you practice good manure management practices, um, you know, you can usually keep a pretty good relationship right. with people surrounding in the area. Right. So, right. I agree um, with that too. And the zoning, is there, is, that's mainly the zoning then that you were talking about that you have to watch out for. Um, I know, I know some areas too. You do have to be sure that if you have stallions, that you have a specific kind of fencing because we do that with people. So it is good to check your local, the local ordinances, and see what they say. So absolutely, mm-hmm, I agree. Yep. Yep. So one other thing I was wondering about is, um, are people kind of prepared to know that once say they make an offer, how long it might take after that? Or do you think people kind of generally, if they haven't done this before, they think, oh, I'm going to make the offer and it's going to go like really quick. Do you find that happens or, you know, how patient should a person be? Yeah, well, I mean, I I kind of walked you through the the whole selling process of it, but we didn't really touch on the buyer's aspect of it, you know. So a buyer's going to go out, they're going to look at properties, they may fall in love with the first one they see and have to have it, or they may see 150 properties. You have no idea how Mm -hmm. to gauge that and how long Mm -hmm. that's going to take. You know, a lot of times a closing timeline is going to be based on how quick that lender can close a particular transaction. Some of the lenders we deal with, they're going to run the buyer through underwriting first, so that really all they're going to wait for is the appraisal on the property, and then to run the file through their legal department, and then you can close, which could happen really as fast as just two or three weeks. Um, More conventional lenders, I mean, it's probably going to be more of a 30 to 45 pushing closer to that 45 day range from the time you make an offer Mm -hmm. um there's going to be contingencies in that contract that you're going to have to follow usually there's a seven to ten i mean it's it's any day those are just our contracts usually have a seven to ten day inspection period um and then um just following you know getting that appraisal ordered and and getting the loan office or any docs that they're required um to turn into the underwriters um, and then once you get the clear to close, they just have to follow the guidelines mm-hmm. for preparing the documents and, and getting the closing all scheduled and 
ready to go. Mm -hmm. So really, yeah, it's not mm -hmm. it's not that fast. If someone mm -hmm. is a cash buyer, mm -hmm. then they have the means to close a deal a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that might work for a seller or it might not work mm -hmm. for a seller. So that yeah. really mm -hmm. depends on the negotiations mm -hmm. um, and, and what you find out during that process. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and I've thought about some things too. They're unusual things, so this doesn't always happen. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I've known some people who have gone onto the property because somebody said, yes, you can go on. They start to do a few things, but then they wait and wait and wait for it to go through. Don't do anything. I mean, you're. I think normally you would say, don't do that. You know, don't like if they become friends or whatever. Don't wait and make sure that you, there's, the closing is there. Everything's done before you do anything. Because yeah, um, it, it's that is a really good happen. point. It, mm -hmm. it things do happen, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of times, it is really satisfying when a buyer and seller get along really sure. great, and there's mm -hmm. no issues. But, but if they're communicating but, and leaving right? the agent out of it, you right. know, it, it does make things a little bit more difficult because you, you're not do. able to advise right. them. Um, right. I am a big advocate for not doing any repairs on a property until you've closed on That's it. Right. Um, not only from your own like liability and standpoint, but from a seller's standpoint. I mean, if if you have a contractor that comes out and does work on the property and they don't get paid. They're gonna put a lien on that mm -hmm. that property, and right. as a listing agent, you don't want your seller to have a lien on a property that they didn't, you know, mm -hmm. even want the the work to be mm -hmm. done on. Mm -hmm. And if that deal doesn't close, then you've got a real issue on your hands. So I yeah. am I am yeah really your against realtor those. is really there to help you when you're purchasing or whatever, and you know when you're selling, they're there to walk you through it. So listen to what they say because they they really do have the best advice. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time to drive down here and record yeah, with thank us. You, You're welcome. It's thank so you sweet. for having thank me. You. Uh -huh. um, we hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast and encourage you to share with all your equestrian family and friends. You can tune into the Late Night Riders podcast show every Friday night. Each episode will be uploaded exclusively on YouTube, where you can subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with all of our latest shows. Do you have a topic you'd like to discuss? We want to hear from you. You may email us at podcast at or feel free to leave a comment below. Thank you again for listening. Thank you.